Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hit and run Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Up the middle. Danny Mendick is on it, and the Sox have won this ball game. It comes a three and two for Goodwin. And he golfs this one into right field. Cameron's back at the wall. Brian Goodwin in his first Sox game. A three-run home run. Anthony drives one. Deep right field. It's got a chance. Gone. Home run Rizzo. That's what we've been waiting for here at the friendly confines for a year and a half. The stretch for the one-two. Kimbrough fires. Swing and a miss. Strike three. The Cubs win the ball game. The crowd goes wild. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Yes, indeed. Welcome into Hit and Run. Sunday morning baseball staple in Chicago. And what a time, what a time to be doing it here on the 13th of June with two first place ball clubs. Good morning, everybody. It's me, Matt Spiegel, with you for the next three hours. Let's hang out. Let's talk about it. The White Sox explode for 15 runs. Yesterday's story is Brian Goodwin, but it was also Danny Mendick, but it was also Dylan Cease. And it, as always, is Tim Anderson. And Jose Abreu. And boy, that team is just loaded. And I want to talk about that with you, White Sox fans. Um, The Cubs are in first place. They blow up who currently is now the St. Louis Cardinals' best starter with Jack Flaherty on the injured list. And that is Gant, John Gant. And they got to him with five runs in the second. He couldn't find the plate. Then a reliever came in. He couldn't find the plate. And Kyle Hendricks goes six to cruise to a seven to two win. And the cruise stopped a little bit in the ninth when Trevor McGill couldn't get out of it. But all that did was create a a very quick one batter, I think three pitch save opportunity for Craig Kimbrell that he took advantage of. And the Cubs find themselves now 10 games over 500. Amazingly enough, tied with the Brewers atop the National League Central. Christian Yelich with a couple of hits and a bunch of RBI yesterday. If the Brewers' bats come alive, then they will be a very, very viable team and obviously are in the National League Central. I'm looking forward to talking about all things baseball with you. 
this morning. Adam Stadzinski is in for Sean Anderson, who's in Miami. Sean Anderson is down in Miami, and if you follow Sean on the social media, you saw him rocking um, the short set uh, that looked kind of like Dylan Cease's short set when everybody dressed up like Yohan Moncada for that road trip. But um, God bless you, Sean, for taking fashion chances that I would not. Uh, Adam, I hope you're not wearing a short set right now, but if you are... Please post a picture of it uh, immediately. We uh, are coming to you live. I, I would sir. not expose myself the way Sean did. Did you see that? I mean, that was quite a look, I thought. It, it was a look, yes. It was certainly a look. <laughs> we are coming to you live from the Scores Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. You can text zone. Uh, text us at, in the text zone, as always, at 312-644-6767. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at Rosen Hyundai. Dot com. We are here for you. Um, coming up after the show, uh, that's later on. The White Sox will be playing right here. Will we go to CBS Sports Radio at noon, Sean? Uh, yes, we will. And then tonight will be the finale of the Cubs and the Cardinals. It's a Sunday night game. And you could listen to Pat and Ron, who just sound absolutely great the last couple days. They clearly enthused by the full crowds at Wrigley. The players, too. On Friday, after Friday's game, David Ross said that, you know, the fans clearly, clearly had something to do with that win. Felt it. And it, it, it was pretty remarkable. I was there on Friday along with Danny Parkins, and we did our post-game show from up there in the booth. And, and then I couldn't stay away, and I had to go last night because – Man, last night was the biggest crowd of any game other than the Atlanta Braves so far. Last night, 39,095 people at Wrigley Field, and it felt like it, more so than Friday. And it was about four or 5,000 more than Friday. I guess 4,000 more. Um, the Braves have had the top six games so far. The most in attendance in Atlanta has been 41,136. So they had the top six games, and the Cubs game yesterday was seventh, thanks to John Greenberg from over at The Athletic for that. Felt like it. And there were some issues last night. You know, you know how when you emerge from a pandemic, you guys know all those pandemics you've been through, when you emerge that uh, all of a sudden maybe you got to like get reacquainted with the fact that everybody's out there. Yeah. There were a couple issues last night. Um, some vend- it, was a vending- it was a vending disaster. Just for like a couple of innings, I think the machines didn't work for the vendors. <clears throat> this has been an awkward thing in general um, to see some, some older vendors kind of struggling with the credit card machines. But then I think last night they kind of all stopped working at the same time. So they had to go back and get more machines. So then everybody was going to get beers in the concessions and you know if you're sitting in section i don't know 108 109 something like that and you wanted a, a goose island 312 it was tough to get it's tough to get last night but that's okay these are the minor things we deal with as we excitedly return to normal times and 39,000 people at a first place wrigley field just just, uh, just an amazing amazing atmosphere and if you've been thinking about going I told you I went Friday, then I couldn't stay away. Uh, so, you know, um, trumped it up um, for uh, for some tickets last night and felt felt worth every penny. I can't wait for the White Sox to come back into town and for them to get to full capacity. And we'll see what kind of crowds 
they can draw for what is one of the very best teams in baseball. If not the number one team in baseball, they're number two. I mean, right? It's them and it's the Dodgers right now. The, the White Sox have an absolutely outrageous, outrageous run differential at plus 103. It is the best run differential in all of baseball by a lot. Now, a 15-2 to two win will help you, but they've been doing it all along. The Dodgers are at a plus 89. They're two games back of the San Francisco Giants at a plus 74. Dodgers two games back in the West. And then the Padres right there at plus 63. That is a, an incredible division. And amazingly enough, it's, it's the uh, Houston Astros at a plus 75. They're second back. Of Oakland out west. I don't know how the Oakland A's just do it every single year. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10, having lost people like Liam Hendricks and Moore every year. They develop pitchers. They help guys like Chris Bassett reach their potential. And at a plus 78 in the American League East is the Tampa Bay Rays. Speaking of teams who do it every year, somehow, some way, despite losing people. And boy, do they develop pitchers. And I guess that's the commonality, isn't it, folks? Developing pitching on your own with your pitch science, with your pitch data, and making relentlessly good scouting choices. Just staying young and efficient is how Oakland and Tampa Bay have kept themselves cheap and relevant and really, really good for a long, long time. But let's talk some White Sox and let's talk some Cubs. Here, here's kind of the overarching thing that I've been thinking about. By the way, we'll have a couple of guests on the show. Sean Marshall from the Marquee Sports Network will join us at 10 to talk Cubs and Cardinals. Kevin Goldstein of Fangraphs, formerly Baseball Prospectus, formerly, I think it was eight years with the Houston Astros franchise, our, um, our front office insider. Kevin Goldstein will join us at 11 o'clock. Lots to talk about there as, you know, I find myself thinking about trade deadline calculus and sticky stuff around the game and things like that. But you probably know by now that the rash of injuries around MLB has just been absolutely outrageous. The Phillies are trying desperately to survive. The Cardinals are ravaged. And their bullpen is, is, is a disaster, among other things. And they're not surviving well. The Mets are ravaged with injuries. You had seen that a couple weeks ago. And they had, I think, what, they had 17 people on the injured list somehow. We're, we're like grabbing scrap heap guy after scrap heap guy in the outfield. And they would get hurt and they would have to go deeper. There's, uh, it, it's just a, a massive rash of injuries all around the game. And a lot of teams are not surviving. The White Sox are. The Cubs are. And the need for serious depth has been met on both sides of town. It's really interesting to me. Um, These teams have survived and thrived. Lots of reasons. I want to know who you think has been the player who has been the most impactful on making this situation work. I'm talking about surviving the injuries. So who has helped the Cubs survive and thrive? Who has helped the White Sox survive and thrive? Who have been the key guys to make it work? I'm not looking for the MVP or the best offensive player. I'm looking for the guy that you're like, man, God, where would we be without that guy? Thank God he has stepped in and done this or that or this. So phone lines are going to be open all morning long. 
as is the text line, and they are the same number at 312-644-6767. So hop on in. Who has been the player who has helped the White Sox survive and thrive through the injuries? And who has helped the Cubs survive and thrive through the injuries? And no, I may never stop saying survive and thrive, and you'll just have to deal with that. Uh, lots to talk about uh, along the way. A scoreboard innovation at Wrigley Field I want to discuss. Um, and several several other issues. But let's look at the White Sox where Dylan Cease owns the Tigers. He starts by giving up a walk and a two-run homer, but that is it. And now, at this point, it's been eight starts against the Tigers for Dylan Cease in his career. Eight wins against the Tigers. A 2.09 ERA. And it was an awkward one for him yesterday because the offense had so many long half innings. Top of the fifth was 40 minutes on its own. 40 minutes. C said he had to go throw in the batting cage down there in the bowels of Comerica Park like five or six different times just to stay warm. But stay warm he did. Um, he gave up a bunch of hard contact there in the fifth after that 40-minute White Sox top of the inning. And that was, you know, it was, it was, it was plenty, of, uh, pl- plenty of room, plenty of bullpen options to get in there and help finish that one off for the White Sox. But he absolutely owns the Tigers. And the story of the day is Dylan Cease, but it's also Brian Goodwin. I was on air uh, in the afternoon when the pickup was made, and I remember I said it at the time. I liked it right away. Brian Goodwin can play. The lifetime on-base percentage is the question. The power is there. Um, Some hard contact has always been there. A lot of swing and miss and not a lot of walks. And, you know, not a lot of offensive consistency and success, but the speed is there. The power, as I mentioned, in the bat. And, oh, by the way, the arm and the range to play all three outfield spots. You don't love him in center necessarily, but you certainly could get away with it. And he is going to be very, very useful while he's up here. It's a good grab when the Pirates let him go. It's a big leaguer. You know, maybe he's... Uh, devolved a little bit into a 4A guy, somebody who's too good for the minors, and he's not a great everyday regular. But look around the league. A lot of guys have to step up and deliver. And the fact that they grabbed him, that was a smart and heady pickup by Rick Hahn. And here's Brian Goodwin making his White Sox debut and exceeding anybody's expectations. I know there's a lot of consternation yesterday morning when people saw the lineup and saw Goodwin in the two-hole and his lifetime OBP. And you're like, what is Tony doing? I saw that on the Twitters. I, I, I did not chime in because here's the truth about about me and lineup construction is that sometimes I totally get having a guy who seems to make sense, you know, from your theoretical baseball perspective in terms of a little bit of bat control, some speed up there. Like, I, I know that you don't want Brian Goodwin getting the second most at bats of anybody. I, I believe me, I'm familiar with that kind of math, but each game is in its own in a bubble. And if somebody's been a top of the order guy, if somebody feels like a top of the order guy, there is room in my baseball universe for a lineup that um, it goes against the math every once in a while. Cause sometimes People's mindsets change when they're up there towards the top. Change for the worse or change for the better because they're humans. Remember, Chris Bryant was all messed up by hitting leadoff. And now we know that. 
Um, Kyle Schwarber was uh, uh, got messed up by hitting leadoff. And some people thrive up there. They love it. Some people are the Energizer Bunny, and they want to be up there. And they play their best up there. Some people, when you put them up at two, they're like, all right, I gotta, it, it increases their focus, gets them going. They feel a little bit more important, gives them a little bit more confidence. Your manager is supposed to know that about your people. And if they want to pull a string every once in a while and do some stuff like that, you know, uh, if Danny Mendick is going to hit nine a lot, fine. I wouldn't have a problem with Danny Mendick hitting two every once in a while. I would not. So, you know, it, like there's, there's room in my baseball universe for those kind of things every once in a while. Not relentlessly, not over and over and over and over again, because that's when the math starts to work against you. But every once in a while you want to do that, I'm good with it. So it's funny because I had that thought process yesterday morning when I saw the White Sox lineup. So I didn't jump in and pile on Tony for putting Brian Goodwin up there. And then look, oh, by the way, that lineup produced 15 runs. So sometimes that's the way it happens. But man, Tim Anderson, a double on pitch number one. And then Goodwin, a double down the line right away. They score three in the first. They score five in the second with a Goodwin three-run homer and then a rally after that. Bouncing the starter, Urania, then they get to Daniel Norris, too. Whew. And it's, it's, it really is amazing when you think about that White Sox lineup without Eloy Jimenez and without Luis Robert, without Adam Engel for a lot of it, without some of these other guys, now without Nick Madrigal for a good eight weeks, probably. And I think they're fine. Why? Why are they fine? Let's talk about it. Which player or players on both sides of town have been the most important to help these teams overcome the injuries and be where they are in first place on the 13th of June? I'm Matt Spiegel. It is Hit and Run. <clears throat> you can dial it up and uh, get involved and talk to me this morning. 312-644-6767. And you can also text that way. Adam Studzinski producing back at the shop. Sean Marshall at the top of the hour. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Here comes a three and two for Goodwin. And he gulps this one into right field. Cameron's back at the wall. Brian Goodwin in his first Sox game. A three-run home run. He is two for two. Two balls smashed and a 6-2 score. Somebody new every day for this team. What a lift. By the way, uh, opening double has been a by Timmy, and then he uh, executed, get him over and in, and then the big three run over, six RBIs. I mean, that's 
<clears throat> he put his talent on display for us and we enjoyed it. That is Tony LaRusso talking about Brian Goodwin, and the highlight is courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. The man has played 299 games in six seasons in MLB, 127 of those in center, 132 in left, trusted with the arm, 58 in right. He's DH'd a few times in his life, can play all over the place. He had a season early on with the Nationals where it was like, ooh, have they found another one? 26 years old in 2017, had an OPS of 811 with the Nationals in 74 games, but then fell off the next year, then was in Kansas City, then an Angel in 2019, an Angel again last year with Joe Madden, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh camp. Um, so anyway, Cincinnati last year for 20 games, in camp with the Pirates this year then let go there and snapped up by the White Sox in the midst of injury troubles, has been playing down in Charlotte, called up, inserted in center field and the two-hole, and that worked out. Two for five, three runs scored, uh, five RBIs for Brian Goodwin, and uh, yeah, that's, that's quite a thing. So is he part of the reason that the White Sox are surviving and thriving with all these injuries? He's part of the reason. I'll give you my reason. I'm about to take your uh, phone calls at 312-644-6767 and also your text at that number. And I've gotten the answer that I've thought. And maybe it'll surprise you. Like uh, several people have said, you're mean Mercedes, you're mean Mercedes, you're mean Mercedes. A, a, A huge impact bat from the beginning. I agree with this texter. When... The whole team wasn't sure and the fan base wasn't sure. What are you going to do to replace Eloy? And that your mean just came on like a bat out of hell and was like, oh, there you go. And you had him protecting Abreu in the lineup for a while. And, you know, and, and you felt great about that. But I have to give it to Andrew Vaughn just because Andrew Vaughn's ability to make you feel good about his left field defense right away, as well as his obvious comfort as a big league caliber hitter with so few minor league at bats and appearances. I mean, you feel real good and comfortable about Vaughn in left field in right field in a pinch, obviously at first base, obviously at DH and you could hit him anywhere in the lineup. You can hit him two through eight, obviously nine. If you want, I wouldn't recommend one, but man, that, that guy just has solidified things. And as all of the injuries have continued to take place in the outfield with Engel down and then Hamilton down and all these guys, having Vaughn and being able to just feel real good about it is a big, big one for me. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's start with Tony in Wonder Lake on 670 The Score. Tony, you're on Hit and Run. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Uh, for me, it, it can't be just one person. Uh, for me, it's the White Sox starting rotation. Yeah. If they're even mediocre, Matt, yeah. this is a far different looking ball club right now. And as far as non-players, you cannot overstate the impact that Ethan Katz has had on the rotation because, quite frankly, at the end of last year, I could have done without Rodon and Cease. Mm-hmm. And to see the turnaround between those two guys because of this guy's influence and the way he somehow miraculously turned Gio Giolito around, 
for me, it's the starting staff. And if I, if I was to pick one, it would have to be Lance Lynn because he's got the pedigree of a champ. He's a workhorse. He shows you what you need to do as a pro to get the job done. So for me, it's the starting staff. Thanks, Matt. Have a great day. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you calling. Yeah, Lance Lynn is just such a stud, and he has been for a while. He can throw a lot of pitches, a lot of innings. He's unbelievably dependable and solid. And you just know that that you're going to get innings that day. It's a day to not really worry about your bullpen too much. The White Sox starting pitchers have a 2.99 ERA. That is second best in all of baseball. The Mets are number one at 2.79. See if you can find the commonality with all these teams in the top 10. One Mets, three Giants, four Dodgers, five Brewers, six Marlins, seven Padres. What's the commonality for those top seven? Six of them are in the National League. White Sox, far and away, the best starting pitching in the American League. Tampa Bay and the Astros and the Yankees are behind them in the American League. But it, it is an incredible story, and you're right about Ethan Katz. Um, Dylan Cease was quoted this week talking about Katz saying, um, he's pretty much in charge of everything I do right now. So, you know, the routine, the pitch sequencing, the work, the mechanics, all of it. The thought process. Folks, a couple years ago, you may remember when Giolito was breaking out, when it was happening after his offseason with Ethan Katz. In season, it was not Don Cooper that was helping Giolito. It was James McCann. It was James McCann and Giolito who were devising game plans. And McCann, who was um, updating the White Sox scouting database pretty much based on stuff that he had learned in other places including tampa bay now there's a much better pitching infrastructure not just because of cats but because of a lot of technology that has come into the white Sox. danny farquhar um is his title still minor league pitching coordinator danny farquhar that's a future pitching coach if he wants to be or a director of pitching kind of guy danny farquhar he was helping that year uh, and before with Giolito, he's Farquhar is the guy when he was playing catch with Giolito was like, why don't you just throw your four seamer a lot? Why don't you get rid of that sinking fastball? Just throw the four seamer a lot. Giolito's like, oh, OK, that's interesting. So, you know, it's it's a very, very healthy pitching infrastructure for the White Sox with a lot of starters doing some terrific, terrific things. That's for sure. Let's go to Ben in Queens on hit and run. Good morning, Ben. How are you, sir? Uh, Matty Spiggs. I'm going to get to my Cubs thoughts. I just have a few errant things I want to get to first. Uh, in your ever uh, never-ending quest to get all the different words in every world's culture, that little sticky piece of rice on the bottom of the pan. Yes. In, in my household, which is ostensibly Cuban, that's called la raspa, la raspita. Okay, so in other words, the scrapings, if you will. So oh, that's beautiful. Let, let me explain it, to Ben. Anybody who hasn't hasn't heard, um, my brother-in-law is Puerto Rican. When he cooks rice on the bottom of the pan, the stuff that's stuck to it, where everything has has congealed into like a crispy, sticky, beautiful thing, he calls it pegao. Um, in Yiddish, yeah, pegao. Yeah, pegao. In Yiddish, which uh, my mother, Jewish and Polish descent, uh, that's called fabrenta. Um, and then, um, and, and then Carlos uh, Pena, damn it, what did he say? He told me the word. It's con, not con, 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 con is the Dominican word. Con, con. Yes, con, con. Yeah. And, now, and now you're helping me Cuban, and what is the word again? 
La Raspa. Okay. Yeah, that's the good La stuff. Raspa. That's the best yeah, stuff. So, yeah, so okay. Raspar is, is to scrape. So these are the scrapings. So, so Beautiful. Anyway, on to baseball, because that's, that's the reason why I called today. Okay, quick, the player who makes the difference on the Cubs. I mean, Captain Obvious here. Chris Bryant is the one who's been able to get you through all these uh, uh, injuries with, you know, your whole team because you can just put him out here and you can put him out there. You know, what was it the other day? He played the first, uh, third base for the first time since April 24th. But yes. I would say special mention, and I don't think anybody is going to say this. Man, Dan Winkler, who is this guy? This guy comes <laughs> out of the bullpen. He's got a .59 ERA. Yes. He looks like a freaking Roman sentry. You know, you look at his profile, he looks like a – like I'm, I'm waiting for like a thousand Dan Winklers to come out and make a Tortuga or something. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, anyway, Dan Winklers. All right, so let me get to my Cubs thoughts before you kick me off the air. Yeah, quick, um, Let's it. go. Okay, I want to know if the Cubs flipped the script this year as far as, you know, they say that they've, been, they've failed to develop pitching through this whole time period. And if you look like at Altelay and Steele and even Maples, you know, it's not like these guys weren't developed. The problem is they had injuries and they had setbacks. They are behind schedule. If you look at Keegan Thompson, drafted in 2017, you look at him, he's developed. He is right on schedule. So I'm wondering if this year, you know, the final, finally that the Cubs show that they, they can develop a, a, a strong starting pitch now, the organization with all the great players that they've drafted, and we're, here we go. My final thing, tomorrow I'll be in Section 137, where I, according to my calculations, where the first Chris Bryant uh, home run out of the three is going to hit in the series. Me and the wife and the nine-year-old. So be looking for us. Go Cubs. That's awesome. Thank you, Ben. I love when Ben calls. So that's cool. So tomorrow, Ben will be there um, at City Field as the Cubs take on the Mets. Ben lives in Queens, New York, but he's a big Cub fan, and he's hoping to put himself in a spot to catch a Chris Bryant home run. Let me say that I agree with that thought, that KB is the first answer that comes to mind when I think about how the Cubs have survived and thrived because he has played all over. As, as Ben mentioned, stealing thunder. First time at third base in six weeks for Chris Bryant yesterday. Amazing. Just he doesn't care where you put him, and he just keeps hitting and hitting and hitting. Not elite defensively at first, not elite in right field or center, but better than serviceable in all those spots. And the ability to let David Ross just make up the lineup and do whatever the hell he wants with KB, not even have to check with him. Ross said he doesn't even have to ask him. Just, just like, okay, I'll just put him over here. And Bryant wants to be like Ben Zobrist. Just, yep, wherever you need me, I'm ready to go. And oh, by the way, he's a superstar doing that there are very few hitters of that level that give you that kind of defensive flexibility Cody Bellinger could play first or center field or other outfield spots for the Dodgers Chris Taylor plays shortstop and center and wherever you need him Max Muncy can play second and first for the Dodgers they've got a few of those guys but Bryant is has played more positions than any of those guys Right. I, I think I saw the stat earlier this year. He's the first ever former MVP to to play five different positions for five total games in a season. I mean, think about that. First ever former MVP to show you that kind of flexibility. Just just amazing. So, yes, I am down with that. I'm down with Bryant as uh, the guy that gets mentioned. Tim is on the south side. 
and wants to talk some White Sox right now on Hit and Run. Good morning, Tim. It's Matt Spiegel with you. We're hey, talking Matt, about, how you doing? I'm um, great, Tim. We're talking about what players have helped you survive and thrive uh, amidst all the injuries. Well, I, I need got? to change the subject, and I'm not going to demean the White Sox record of 40 and 24, but uh, your producer probably could look this up a lot easier. And I, you know, Brian Goodwin had one good game, and you, you already got him as the greatest acquisition in the history of uh, baseball. Calm, calm down hey, a Tim, little bit. I mean, Tim, 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 Tim. I do not have him as the greatest acquisition in the history of the baseball. That's for a minute because because hey Tim 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 Tim. It's conversation. That's ridiculous hyperbole, and we don't need to do it. And that's I said it was a good pickup, and in the first game he was great. But I I know it's one game. I know it's one game. But go ahead and demean the White Sox as you choose. Go ahead, sir. Wait, can I can I say one thing? Uh, well, n- yeah, now you can. Now, now, yes, sir. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, I'm sorry. Good, good when it was a good pickup. I, I, don't, I don't want to disagree. But the strength of schedule, last year the Sox were 15-24 and 24 against teams over 500. You probably could look it up this year, what the White Sox are with teams over 500. Everybody doesn't get to play Detroit, Kansas City, and Minnesota the way the White Sox have played this year. And mm-hmm. that, and when they played the Yankees, they got swept. What I'm trying to tell you is you have to calm down a little bit with this White Sox team. Even last year with Aloya Menes and Louis Robert, they were 15-24 and 24 against five. I think that's what got Ricky Renteria fired, including losing to Oakland in the playoffs. But 15-24 and 24 against teams that are over 500, Matt. You know, and I know, that's not good. Uh, last year, you're right. Last This team's a lot better than they were last year. They have a closer in Liam Hendricks who solidifies the bullpen. They've got Kopech and Crochet went healthy in that bullpen. They've They've uh, they've got Lance Lynn as a as a shutdown starter in addition to the young guys and a great Carlos Rodon as your five. So it's a can much I, better team than last year. Can I say one thing? Sure. Yeah, ask your producer, you or somebody, what is their record against team? The Cubs are 16 and 5 against San Diego, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Cardinals, 16 and 5 against four of the best teams in the National League. The Cubs are legitimate. The White Sox are getting by like the Minnesota Twins did the past few years. They go to the playoffs and they lose to the Yankees every year. You can't play Minnesota, Kansas City, and Detroit and say, I have a great team. And Detroit is terrible. Yeah, yes, they are. They are terrible. They're 12 games under 500. Thanks for the call, Tim. Tim Tim thinks the Cubs are legitimate and the White Sox are not legitimate. I mean, that's a beautiful part of this town. Go bring it, Tim. It's Bring always, it. always got to be a White Sox versus a Cubs thing. Yeah, they just can't well, just both be good. It's okay. It's all right, though. But, it, but it's the reality of the situation. You, you know, it, it's, it's okay. Uh, all right, White Sox fans, tell Tim what's what. Go ahead. 312-644-6767. This is how it's supposed to be. I like this. Two first-place teams, two feisty fan bases. Embrace it when it's real. Oh, man. And then you get to play each other? Come on now. You know, it, it's um, a, a lot of people fight against it and demean the tribalism of Cubs and White Sox. This is the reality of, of the city in which we live. And I think you know that. Remember that my wife made me declare before she'd go on a single date with me. She made me declare. She said, uh, Cubs or White Sox? And I said, well, you know, I'm uh, blessed with objectivity, born and raised a Red Sox fan. I've lived in this town, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Cubs or White Sox? (laughs) As as she helps me broadcast live here from the Hyundai studios, she made me declare. Fight, 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 fight. And at that point, at that point, it was... 
It was early 2016. As a uh, as a die to the wool Red Sox fan, I had seen Theo Epstein and everybody uh, come here from Boston. I saw what was happening. I was on board. Wrigley had grabbed my Fenway heart, and, and and so I declared. And thankfully, she went on a date with me. And here I am. But you got to declare in this town. I understand. Thanks for the call, Tim. 312-644-6767 if you want to text or call and tell Tim he's an idiot. Sean Marshall at the top of the hour. He's not an idiot. Matt Spiegel is here. I might be an idiot. Hit and run is what you're listening to on 670 The Score. Well, I I need to change the subject. And I'm not going to demean the White Sox record of 40 and 24, but uh, your producer probably could look this up a lot easier. And You know, Brian Goodwin had one good game, and you already got him as the greatest acquisition in the history of uh, baseball. Calm calm down a little bit. Hey, Tim, 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 Tim. I do not have him as the greatest acquisition in the history of baseball. That's for a minute because... because Hey, Tim, 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 Tim. It's conversation. Can I finish? Please, can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. (laughs) We went on to have very peaceful conversation. But Tim is a passionate Cubs fan who, uh, as a texter said, uh... Tim, poor Tim, Sox success means less shine for his cubbies, I guess. I feel badly for Tim. That is lovely and empathetic, texter. Good for you. Uh, This texter, remind that Cubs moron, his name is Tim. While our last place team is 16 under 500, the Pirates are 17 under 500. Do the math, who's worth? Another one, get this Rodney Dangerfield sounding clown off the radio. White Sox living in his head rent-free all day. And then this text, I like, can I say one thing? Because <laughs> Tim tried to say one thing. Thanks for the call, Tim. Looked it up here. Here are the records for the Cubs and the White Sox against teams who are at or better than 500. The Cubs' record is 22-16. and 16. He mentioned the 16-5 and five record against a certain subset of teams uh, being... Um, uh, but it, it, overall, against teams that are at or above 500, Cubs' record is 22-16. and 16. The White Sox, 13 and 17. So, so far, not as good in that regard. So there's a little bit of credence to what he's saying. Want to see it against uh, better teams? They'll have their chance. Can't fault them for what division they play in. And uh, the Cubs get to uh, beat up on the Pirates a lot. So, and apparently they get to beat up on the Cardinals. Uh, a lot as the Cardinals are ravaged Cubs Cardinals the nightcap coming up tonight right here on 670 the score Uh, the Houston Astros have the best record in baseball against teams at or above 500 to 27 and 16 followed by the Giants the Tampa Bay Rays the Red Sox the Brewers and the Cubs then it's Cleveland Oakland and those top eight teams are all good Those top eight teams are all well over 500 on the whole. Then it's the Phillies who are a 500 team. Then Toronto is a 500 team. Then Cincinnati. Then the Mets down there at 12. And yeah, the White Sox are 17th best in terms of their record against teams like that. And they have a 625 winning percentage. That is very, very high. So there's a little bit of credence to what Tim is talking about. It's the middle of June. See what the schedule brings and see what higher caliber of opponents brings along the way. Plenty of time for it to work out. Um, Some people really do not enjoy the tribalism. I don't feel the need to encourage it, but to deny it exists is folly. It does exist. So I don't mind letting it breathe every once in a while. 312-644-6767 
312-644-6767. Let's take another call. This is Bill in Tinley Park. Bill, you are on Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, on a Sunday morning on The Score. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Tim. Uh, Matt. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that Tim guy, I think you can just do the eye test with both rosters. Um, I'm not a Cubs hater. I'm not a Cubs fan. I really don't care what they do. But, you know, you can look. We got three of our top players down in what we're doing. When those guys come back, hopefully they come back this year, it's pretty much a powerhouse team, which leads to my other question. Um, our outfield could be completely remade next year. Um, Cespedes, do you know where he's at? He has not been assigned to any affiliate yet. And now the potential you, you, of Oscar Colas coming in, yeah, they got a huge um, pipeline of talent coming in still, too. Uh, yes, they do. Both those guys, um, probably not major leaguers as soon as next year. Cespedes, I think, still dealing with the visa issue last I saw and, and, and is not uh, on American soil and, and, and they're uh, placed with an affiliate, as you mentioned. Look that up for me. Would you, Adam Stadzinski, Yolki Cespedes? I, I have not heard anything about him. Um, but, I mean, the outfield is going to be a very interesting thing to think about next year and in long term. You've got... Eloy signed for a lot of years, but I think he should be done playing left field, don't you? Andrew Vaughn could play out there if need be. Other people can play out there if need be. I I don't think you need to expose Eloy to that. It does take away your DH slot from the likes of Yermin or the occasionally resting Yasmani Grandal or the occasionally resting Jose Abreu, etc., or the extra lefty bat of Zach Collins, these kind of things. So it doesn't have to be written in stone, but I don't think Eloy needs to be a regular outfielder. Um, I, I want to give special mention to one more member of the White Sox because I just I, I have I have liked this guy for a couple of years, and now he's going to get, I think, an extended chance to shine, and that's Danny Mendick. He's a big leaguer. He is a big leaguer. He can handle an extended run at second base here, folks. I hope Tony La Russa plays him every day there. Hit him down low if you want. Hit him up at two every once in a while. I think he has helped them weather the storm of injuries and survive and thrive quite a bit. Sweet double play with him and Tim Anderson yesterday. Alert base running yesterday on the Tim Anderson two-run single, a rocket that went right over his head, and he fell down to the ground, had to jump up and get all the way home, and he did. Two nights ago, had a beautiful sliding defensive play to end the game, uh, as well as a great slide scoring on the Mancata sacrifice fly that was the lead run. Danny Mendick can play. He has trained himself to be a good utility guy. It's one of my favorite things about him. He decided like six years ago, all right, if I'm going to make the big leagues, I'm going to have to be a utility guy. So he just figured out how to do everything. Um, all over the field, but he is smooth at second base. I like the way he plays, and I like his bat. He's got more pop than Madrigal, obviously. So that's a guy who has helped. He's also played in left. He's also played in right. He played in center for a minute this year when there was nobody else. So uh, props to Danny Mendick for figuring it out and being a part of uh, of things here. Studs, you got you got Cespedes, um info for me yeah i am doing my best here to figure out where exactly he is currently mm. i mean i know that i i definitely read that he defected from cuba so yeah, yeah, yeah. so no, but he, but he's if there's nothing if there's nothing new um in the past in the past couple of days then there's yeah the most recent there. thing i can find is from march 10th and it doesn't necessarily yeah. say that he was placed anywhere 
just that like he got, he got some work at minor league mini camp and right. he's eyeing a debut sometime in 2021. Right now I see that story. Yeah, nothing new. So he's he's not he's not quite here yet. Thanks, sir. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the phone number. Uh, Texters getting in at that number as well. Um, and uh, yeah, Texture says to Tim, can I say one thing? Get a life. No, no, come on. He's got a life. And his life involves loving his Cubs and hating on the White Sox. This Texture says, I've already told my buddies this first Crosstown Classic is going to be really important this year. Bragging rights. Holding first place. It should be fun. It should be fun. Guys on Twitter getting back to me about the tribalism. Sports is tribal, though. That's literally the point of aligning yourself with a particular team, club, franchise. It is tribal. I understand the desire for a dispassionate, impartial eye, but part, if not most, of the joy of sport comes from your successes and your rivals' failures. Yes. So to deny that that is uh, in existence, and I know they are not technically your rival within the division, but they are your rival within your neighborhood, within your street, within your office, etc. So I have uh, no issues with the tribalism uh, breathing every once in a while. Let's go to Joe on the far northwest side before we take a break and bring in Sean Marshall from Marquee. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good morning, Matt Spiegel. Enjoy the show, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, Matt, for the Cubs this year, you know, early on, if you threw a rusty hook in Lake Michigan... And now, guess what? You're pulling up the land of sky blue waters in my book. But, you know, Patrick Wisdom, I mean, this guy's phenomenal. I mean, key hits, you know, he got some key home runs, you know, picking up the laundry for an injured Anthony Rizzo early on in the offense. But with traditional defense for the evolving and the revolving door of, uh, you know, Chris Bryant all over the place. But in the bullpen, it's clearly Greg Kimbrell. You know, I mean, here's a guy that's opening up the window of consistency, opening up the window of victories. But one good thing, Matt, he's slamming the door in the opposition. Right now, I think he's the best closer in baseball. So far, so good. Fly to W. Thanks a lot, Matt. We're enjoying the show. Joe, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Um, Did yeah, he say Greg Kimbrell? He might have. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Hey, it happens. Billy Williams once called me Craig, and uh, I, I got no problem with that. I remember that. Yeah, he's Billy Williams. Who the hell am I? Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, Kimbrel is, is outrageous right now and shout out to Dan Winkler. Um, a caller brought him up earlier, Dan Winkler, part of a, 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 just a remarkable bullpen. And we'll talk about that among other things with Sean Marshall. I want to pin Sean Marshall to the turf and ask him if he mixed pine tar with rosin and made sticky substances for his fastball. I want to pin him to the ground and ask him the tough questions. We'll do it next. It's Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.